GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hi, I'm Justine Cartwright, and every week I bring you life stories on GBC television. Everyone has a story to tell, and on the programme we meet people from all walks of life, and we listen to their stories and personal journey in their own words. There's something really special about being in a theatre. The smell, the sights, the sounds, the lights. It's all very exciting and you never quite know what's going to happen when those curtains are pulled back. Thank goodness for people like Julian Felice. Who is he? Well, he's a thespian, he's a lover of the arts, he's a playwright and he's a Gibraltarian. And today we meet him. Julian, you're a very familiar face, especially lately. <laughs> I mean, you've just had the drama festival. You've just had uh, a great recognition from the governor. And uh, I'm figuring that your trophy cabinet is getting bigger <laughs> and bigger or fuller and fuller, as the case may be. Um, so a lot of people know who you are and the things that you do. But I'm really interested in, in, in your background, why you chose this path. Tell us a little bit about Julian Felice growing up? Well, I um, had a very, very good childhood, really. So I'm the, the second of three brothers, and we grew up in, in the Alameda estate. And, you know, it's always been a very happy childhood, really. And, and I look back on it very, very fondly, very, very fortunate, of course, very privileged to, to, to have had that, um, that upbringing. Um, and I think that's really at the heart of what I do now is the fact that uh, my parents always valued reading. They always encouraged us to read as much as possible. They, um, they always encouraged me to write, as in, like, you know, they would show an interest in anything that I, that I did. So I was always really into creative writing, even from primary school. And they liked reading what I wrote. They liked to, um, to share it as well. And I think that that kind of sets a tone, doesn't it? It, it makes you feel that that there's a, a value and a purpose to, to the things that you enjoy doing and this encourages you to do, to do it further. I mean, I was never pushed into a, a particular uh, pathway or anything like that. It's a bit of a sporty family, particularly basketball. Mm. I mean, my dad was a footballer, but um, he then became a basketball coach when my older brother started playing basketball, my younger brother as well, who's a very good basketball player. So obviously you feel a little bit of pressure that you need to, but I'm not much of a... Of a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a very good um, kind of like uh, armchair athlete. I like watching sports and, and I show an interest in it, but, um, but not as an active participant, but I was never pushed in that way. And it just took me a while to find my little corner. Um, and, you know, I was encouraged to pursue that, that, that pathway as much as I possibly could. And I think that, that's, um, that, that, was, that played a, a big part in the person that who I then become and, and, and the work that I do now. I've only really discovered recently that um, uh, there is a bit of a kind of creative writer streak in my, my family. So my maternal grandfather um, used to write for a local newspaper. Um, so he was a, a, a writer of sorts as well. My mum's a very good writer. She's a very good poet, very funny, um, uh, write very funny poems and songs, but just, uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't kind of um, stick her neck out as much in terms of, of, of getting her work out there. But she, she's also very, very clever with words and everything. So I like to think that that kind of streak has come through generation 
generation down to me and you know my son's also a very creative person so so maybe oh. it's going to go further as well the gene is working its magic possibly yeah <laughs> but i think more more than more than genetics i think it, it is precisely that that supportive environment you know yes. that, that 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 you you grow up in a certain environment that values writing and reading and 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 anything really i'm sure that whatever any of us had gone into my parents my family have been very supportive over and i think that that makes more of a difference than perhaps you know your own genetics do you remember your first school play yes i do actually and i even remember my first cue <laughs> so um the first school play was in governor's meadow back in governor's meadow was in grand parade um it was a play called mr crosspatcher's garden and it was about an old grumpy man who, who whose, whose garden was a mess and he didn't tend to it it was full of rubbish and everything and i was one of the rats so he had these rats who were running around the garden and the cue was look at those big rats <laughs> and then we would emerge and kind of run around the playground and sniff the air and, and behave in a kind of rat-like um, fashion. So, so yeah, that was my, my, my first kind of encounter with, with drama in any form, playing, playing a rat in a garden. When it came to romance, say, during your dating years, I've got this feeling like, I don't know, you would have been really good at love letters or <laughs> that kind of thing, poetry. <laughs> Not at all. Valentine's <laughs> Day was always no, good. No, no, not, not at all. No, no. Uh, um, I was a very awkward teenager, actually. Were you? Yeah, yeah, I think I still am in many ways, actually. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because um, drama gives people an opportunity to kind of be someone else. And I think that a lot of actors are more comfortable being other people than they are being themselves, no? Um, and it's great because you get to experiment with all... I mean, I think I've had more relationships on stage than I've had off stage. <laughs> <laughs> more stage kisses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but on the other hand, you know, I mean, my, um, my, my, my now wife, I met her in a play, so, so um, oh, really? drama gave us that, that opportunity. Um, but, you know, uh, certainly I, I don't recall um, being particularly uh, adept at writing. I don't think I ever wrote any love letters or anything like that. Um, I think... I think that the, it'd be interesting to, to kind of look at, to be young now, because the dating game is very, very different now, True. no? Um, and perhaps I would have been, uh, I had an opportunity perhaps to show a, 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 any flair with words, perhaps with, with, you know, messaging or anything like that. But, um, but no, back then, no, no way. <laughs> so when it got to those crucial study years, you had to make a choice. I mean, you went for teaching. Mm -hmm. That's a great, solid career. There are many careers in the arts that parents kind of deter you from. Was acting ever one of yours or was it always teaching? No, it was, uh, teaching came quite late. Teaching was, was a very late decision that I made. Um, I, when I was a teenager, I wanted to be a pilot. And, oh, wow. and yeah, yeah. And I was actually really, um, really enthusiastic about it. Um, and it was only when I, um, I actually started doing drama outside school, again, at a very late age. I started doing um, drama as a, as a sick former. Um, I mean, I couldn't do it in school uh, and I kind of got dragged into it in the way that, you know, how how kind of things that change your life happen almost by chance. You no, know, a friend kind of dragged me to a drama workshop and I just went along and I found out I quite enjoyed it and, and, and it kind of stuck to it. And it happened at a crucial time. It happened at a time when I was um, thinking about what I was going to do at university. <clears throat> and I, I always knew I was going to study English, you know, by that, by that point I knew I was going to study English because that was my favourite subject at school. Um, but then I started this new hobby, 
started kind of um, showing a little bit of interest in it. It seemed to be doing, seemed to be going quite well. So I, um, I decided to do English and drama. Within a few weeks, my degree became drama and English because I was doing many more drama modules than I was doing English modules. Um, and I kind of went to university um, with no real plan. No, I thought I'm going to study drama and English and see what happens at right. the end. So I did my degree, then I did a, a, a master's in drama. Uh, and then I spent a couple of years trying to figure out what I was going to do with that. You know, I, I was a, I, I'd considered acting, but I didn't think I was good enough or experienced enough. And obviously I hadn't been to a vocational school either. So I knew that, that my chances of getting into acting were going to be very, very slim. I was more interested in maybe going into um, theatre management or theatre and education, but with, as, as part of a theatre company rather than acting per se. Um, and, and at the time I was just temping in a financial services company. Um, but um, at that time I was, I was um, assisting <clears throat> with a, a, a youth theatre company. In fact, it's a youth theatre company that still comes to take part in our festivals every year. So I worked with them in the UK, at Medway Little Theatre, and I spent a few years with them running workshops and directing productions with young people. And I learned more about the job that I do now in those years than at university. That's where I learned to direct. That's where I learned to uh, work with young people. And that's where I learned to teach. And so after doing that for a few years, I thought I might as well do this for a living. And that's what I, I decided to become a teacher. Um, so then I did my, my teacher training and I finally had the chance to go to a vocational school. So I did my teacher training at um, Central School of Speech and Drama and um, spent three years teaching in the UK and then, and then came out to Gibraltar. So I think if you told me at the age of 18 that I'd end up being a teacher, I don't think I would have believed you because uh, it certainly wasn't in my plans at the time. Okay, so you're back in Jib and you go to what Bayside is mm -hmm. it that you went to? You become a drama teacher in Bayside. Now, a lot of people, well, I would think back then that boys were a little bit uncomfortable with who they were. Mm -hmm. um, not quite as open and open-minded as they are now, this generation, if you like. So did you find it difficult to encourage pupils, especially boys that you were dealing with in, in kind of, you've got to really open up, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I came back, it was a little bit like we had to change some attitudes. Bearing in mind that um, Bayside had not been offering uh, drama for six, seven or eight years before. Okay. They, they started offering it the year before I came back. Um, and so it hadn't really existed as a subject for a while. Um, and there was interest. Um, when I first came back, I think part of the interest was, okay, this was a new thing. It was a bit of a novelty uh, and we had very healthy numbers. Um, but there were some kind of social attitudes that we had to change because bear in mind that uh, a lot of the drama that the fathers of the students who I taught at that time, um, their experience of drama in school had been very dance-based. So, so um, some of the drama teachers uh, early on in Bayside's history who were very inspirational teachers and their past students still, still remember them very fondly, but their work was very different to what I wanted to bring in. You know? um, so there, there was, a, a, as I said, a lot of kind of dance-based drama. Um, and so the, the kind of social attitudes were, were coming more from the fathers of the students than from the students themselves, because they thought that the drama was going to be like what they had experienced when, you know, uh, uh, we kind of changed a lot. So really what we got across the idea that uh, drama was playful, there was a chance to be creative, a chance to be imaginative, a chance to be active as well. 
while at the same time as uh, also developing uh, the discipline of performance and, and some very positive skills about, about that, that performance can help you in other areas of life. Um, looking also at developing communication skills and cooperation skills. And I came in really with the idea of, of trying to, to get across to the students that um, drama wasn't just to prepare actors, it was to help young people develop very key skills that not all subjects get, give you a chance to offer, the, you know, just the ability to work with other people, for example, communicating with others as well. Right. Um, so um, once we kind of got that across, I think the message was, was getting through that there was a, a, a value to drama beyond the kind of, you know, the, the, the technical skills of the subject itself. And um, I think we managed to, to, to change a few minds. Um, and it's, it's always going to be a difficult one because, um, uh, you know, local education is very academic um, because education generally has been very, very academic for many, many years. And that's a very uh, difficult thing to, to, to change. But the response has always been positive. And the, 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 the boys and now the girls, now that we've gone co-ed, who, who like drama, I think get a lot out of, of what we've been offering all these years. Going back to you for a moment, Julian, with regards to, I mean, I, I know you love being on the stage, acting on the stage, um, but what do you prefer most? Do you like to lock yourself up in a, in, in a room and, and gather inspiration somewhere and just be creative writing, or is this where you love to be more? Out of the three, directing, writing and acting, acting yeah. is by far what I prefer that's doing. What like. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's what I enjoy doing the most. Um, there's less responsibility to acting as well, it's easier. Um, I like turning up to a rehearsal room and kind of being told where to stand and, and you know, I, I know what I've got to say because I've, I've got to read it off, off, off a script. I love um, reactions from the audience. Um, that is what I, what I enjoy doing the most. I really enjoy the writing as well because there's a, a, a creative impulse in me that kind of needs to, needs to get out there. Um, I have no process really to my, my writing. Ideas come to me, um, sometimes I write very quickly, sometimes it takes me a long time, sometimes I write on paper, sometimes I write on a laptop. Um, when, I, when the idea bites me, though, I get very excited about it and I sit down and I write and I write until I run out of, of, of steam in, in, in some ways. But um, whereas directing is a lot of responsibility yeah. <laughs> um, because in amateur theatre, when you direct, you don't just direct. You're essentially a producer, really. Um, in professional theatre, you're a director and your job is purely to direct the play. Um, in amateur theatre, you're also having to deal with, you know, uh, props and sets and posters and all the aspects of the job that I don't enjoy as, as much. But definitely out of the three, acting is my, by far my favourite. And one of your um, partners in crime, Christian mm -hmm. Santos, I mean, you've been working a lot together and you've been doing these cameo appearances, well, let's call it a cameo appearance, in his plays. You do like a bit of a, a bit of comedy as well. Yes, yes, I think that's what I prefer doing, actually. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with with that immediate reaction from the audience. Not, and, and I kind of feed off from that a little bit. And um, uh, I love kind of testing to see how the audience is going to react to one thing, and if that doesn't work, then try something else uh, a different a different day. Um, and and working with Christian this, these past few years, I mean, we've been working together for a long time. The first time we worked together was 2013, when we did Blood Brothers together. So, you know, it's a long partnership, and we're very good friends. Um, if you look at at our situations, it may be it, it may be easy to presume that we are we are rivals. And and I suppose we are rivals 
when we're doing drama festival, for example, and we yeah. both take the competition very seriously. Um, um, but we talk almost on a daily basis, Christian and I. We have very similar values, uh, very similar thoughts about theatre. So I really like the opportunities that it gives me to be in plays where we rock you and Legally Blonde because it's great to work with such an awesomely talented group of young people. Um, and it's great to just use those opportunities. I mean, We Will Rock You, I loved every single second of it We Will Rock amazing. You. Uh, it, was, it was just a great experience and, um, and I enjoyed it so much on stage. Um, and, and, and yeah, that's, 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 that's a lot of fun. And so yeah, working with him um, is, is, is great. I really enjoy it and I'm hoping that will continue. It's safe to say, I think that probably the vast majority of Gibraltar are more sport-orientated, like to play sports, watch sports, and, and go to the stadium and want to take part in sports. Less so the arts. We've always had a very small audience for that. Yet, ironically, if a Gibraltarian goes to London, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who hasn't gone to the West End mm -hmm. and seen musical theatre. How do you view our theatre going public and how their mindset might be changing towards that? We're coming up with some great productions. Yes, um, I think theatre, especially for young people in Gibraltar, is better than it's ever been before. The opportunities that are available in theatre at the moment are, are incredible. Um, certainly, far in excess of, of, um, of what I had the opportunity to do. And the, the people who, who provided those opportunities at the time were, were great people and have been hugely influential in my life. But, um, you know, the, the, the opportunities to do some of these shows, to take part in some of these um, opportunities, to even, you know, uh, perform abroad, all those things are great opportunities. Um, for, for, for these young people. It's a shame that perhaps, you know, that, that the older demographic is it's still, it's still kind of not quite there. Um, we need older people to do more drama. I think that's starting to improve as well because of course the, the younger people that Christian and I taught are now becoming adults themselves yeah. and a lot of them are continuing with this, this passion that they've got. So um, it, is getting, it is getting better. Um, in terms of audiences, there is a, a core group of, of theatre goers in Gibraltar, not a very large one, and, and it'd be great if they were, if it was larger. And then obviously you've got very supportive families and friends. But I think, you know, um, you mentioned people going to watch The West End and, and they go and watch, you know, um, Wicked or Lion King or, oh, the, the, or, or you know, the classics <laughs> that they always go and watch. And they obviously enjoy it. And I think people need to realise that um, there is theatre of a very high standard, not West End standard, but a very high standard locally. And it doesn't have to be a musical. It doesn't have to be We Will Rock You. It can be a 50-minute play in a drama festival, um, which is not a massive investment of either your time or your money, which is worth kind of just, you know, taking a chance on at the very, very least. Um, because, uh, I mean, I, I'm not a massive fan of Western musicals. I tend to prefer watching plays. Um, but there's this, you know, there's always stuff that's on that's worth watching and worth supporting. And, and even if you don't enjoy it very much, I still think it beats a night at home. I'll say it's, it's um, yeah, we'd, we'd definitely like to see more people, parents who come and support their kids, for example, who might enjoy it. Oh, okay, we're not having a play. 
you know, come and watch the next one, even if your kids are not in it, you know? Yeah. Um, it is a shame. Christine and I comment on this a lot, that, that we, we, we get people who, um, who support us all the way until their kids turn 18, and we don't see them anymore, you yeah. know? Well, um, you, you, you claimed to have enjoyed it in those previous years, um, you can still carry on enjoying it even when your kids aren't there. So hopefully uh, we can convince more people to come and watch our shows. You know, it's funny you should say that because it's not just about musical theatre, which, by the way, I actually watched the We Will Rock You mm -hmm. musical theatre, and it, it kind of like it was on par with ours. <laughs> it was that good. Um, but I went to London recently, and I decided to give that a break. I wanted to see something else, and I went to The Mousetrap. Mm -hmm. And it was thoroughly enjoyable, much smaller theatre, yeah. much more personal, and... It, it's like you say, it would be a shame that people who recognise coming to support their children yeah. and then let it drop by the wayside. But now you're going to have a new theatre. What are your thoughts about that and how are we going to fill those seats? I think the new theatre is, is very exciting. Uh, and I was involved in the very, very early stages of, of consultation with um, the theatre, which has evolved in many, many ways and in very different forms but um you know i, I think i think a new theater is is long overdue uh, i mean i love the Inces hall it's a lovely lovely space but it is old-fashioned it's not just old it's old-fashioned you know it's the kind of proscenium arts theater which is which is um quite archaic um it doesn't give us much flexibility as a space um, I think I think it is very exciting. What we need to be cautious of is not to kind of um, get too ahead of ourselves and recognise the needs of the more kind of day-to-day -day, um, community, let's say, theatre community. Um, it's great that we could have a space that could, in theory, attract productions from the outside. Um, I'm not entirely sure yet how... Um, how well that's going to work, how consistently that's going to work. I think what's very important with this space, whatever it becomes, is that it's accessible to the people who want to use it. Um, accessible in terms of affordability, um, accessible in terms of use of, of the facility as well, because we don't want to get so big that um, it, it disrupts the good things that are, going, that are happening at the moment. And if, you know, if good things are happening at the moment with the INSAS Hall, then in theory, it should be even better with, with, a, with a, 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 a more purpose-built space. But my concern is just that it will be a bit inaccessible to those who want to use it um, uh, for, for, for the reasons I've mentioned. No? Um, I think it's important that those of us who, for example, want to do work in the drama festival, that we can still access a space to rehearse and a space to perform in, um, rather than find us in a situation where we've got this, this, this beautiful new um, facility which perhaps we, we can't use because it's, it's just, you know, beyond our means uh, or it's just not available for us to use, that would be a huge shame. Julian, one last question for you. Where's Julian Felices going to be in 10 years' time? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I shudder to think um, because I'll be in my early 50s by then. Um, I'm, I don't have... I've never had any long-term plans with anything. Like I said, I went to study drama without any illusions about you know, going into the industry or anything. Uh, I started writing without any illusions about being a published playwright or, or anything. These things have just kind of happened. Um, and so I'm just going to keep on doing that, really. I'm going to keep on taking it a day at a time, keep on doing what I enjoy doing, and I think that's the important thing, that I keep on enjoying doing it. Um, wherever I feel that there's a need for, 
for young people to carry on doing that work. I'll keep on doing it. Um, but I have no specific targets. I mean, I wish I'd like to have more work um, performed in, in, in London, particularly. Uh, I'd like to write more plays and continue having uh, success in, on, on that front. Um, but, you know, I'm also very conscious of that, the fact that I'm, you know, very much into um, my career and I've got my family and, and, and we all love it here in Gibraltar. So I don't think I'm going to go anywhere as such, um, you know, in, in, in terms of, of, of making a, a big dramatic move professionally or anything like that, because I think that would be that would be counterproductive. Um, I'll just, yeah, take it a day at a time and see, see um, how, how we carry on, because so far that's worked quite well for me. And, and hopefully that will continue being the case. GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand.